Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Spurs are losing. Fucking brilliant. Are they fucking kidding? Is that good for us? Yeah. Started recording, you know. And? Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and back to normal, I'm recording with my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgy and Gregory. Welcome, lads. How are you doing? Good. Just trying to remember how to do this. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> it's been even longer for Hodge, hasn't it? Yeah. The one good thing about a late midweek kickoff is that it doesn't ruin the rest of my day because <laughs> it's 10 o'clock after the Everton game and all I can do now is go to bed in a bad mood which is better than it ruining my Saturday and then my Sunday um, so that's the, the one silver lining I guess yes it's been quite some time since we've been recording I think the last game we covered was the Chelsea 4-1 battering and of course, such is our nature, we come back on a defeat. So this evening we've lost 3-0 away at Everton. The Scouse Mackhams, Anthony Gordon going back to his stomping ground of Goodison Park. who was uh, just wasn't meant to be today, was it? But before we get into that, Hodge, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Anything of interest? Anything of nerd? My life's quite broad at the minute. It's a lot of work and no play. But I, I mean, I'm looking forward to thick and fast football games, I think. Someone commented the other day that there was 26 straight days of at least a decent game on TV. So I'm looking forward to using and abusing my Now TV subscription wow. and Amazon Prime subscription, to be fair. Nice. Gray, how are you going to top that? I'm not sure I can, really. The highlight of the last few days is obviously the Man United match and being there to witness it is even better. I don't know, I'm just a little bit depressed after this evening. <laughs> uh, just not a good game, was it? We'll, we'll get on to it. But yeah, quite a miserable end to what has been quite a good run of results, I guess. When I say a run, three games on the bounce were good. Before that was Bournemouth. I feel like we have these dips every once in a while. Like, was it last season we, we lost 3-0 away at Aston Villa and then came back strong? Seems to be every other away game at the minute, though. Yeah, but if you, if you look at it, though, since September 16th, we only lost one game. Bournemouth? Yeah, Bournemouth is the one game we lost since September the 16th. Yeah. I mean, it's a good little run, isn't it? It's, it's nothing to be sniffed about. In the league, I guess, we did lose to Dortmund, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's annoying to lose to the Scouts Smart Games, like you said. <laughs> it's annoying to lose to team who are 15th in the league and who were sat 18th in the league before today. <laughs> we, you say that, they're, they're on one of the best runs 
in the Prem at the minute. Obviously, they've had that 10-point deduction for being Scouse. But before, <laughs> if, they hadn't have had, if they hadn't have had that, they would have been in the top half of the table by now. I think they've got one of the best forms in the league at the minute. The only annoying thing is apparently they couldn't win a fucking game at Goodison Park before this. And, of course, they roll out the red carpet for us, don't they? We'll get into the actual details of the game, but I guess it's probably worth touching on quickly the two results that we missed. I would have much preferred to record after either of those two results than this one, but PSG away at Parc de Prince in the Champions League. Four points we've now got over PSG. A win at home, an emphatic win at home, and then a 1-1 controversial draw away at PSG. I guess the big talking point was, of course, the penalty in the... 147th minute it seemed from <laughs> World Cup and Champions League final referee whatever his name is Baldy I didn't call you Baldy Baldy uh, he had a really good game up until that point but Hodge that's just never a, a handball in a month of Sundays is it on Tina Livermento? I mean how abrupt do you want me to be on this one I'm just going to say no <laughs> straight up um, yeah. fuck knows if the Champions League has slightly different rules to what we do in the Premier League but not a chance for me. I mean, not even with bias, black and white tinted glasses on. If it was either way around, I think it would have still had the same outcome of zero penalty. Yeah, I think objectively people have said that it's not a penalty because it comes off his chest onto his arm, right? Yeah, but there's loads of like random things at the minute that just keep rearing their heads. Just random handballs that are not handballs and slight knocks or that is never going to make a player go down. Like It's almost as if referees are shit, Hodge. <laughs> just make it up as they go along, don't they? No one knows the rules, really. It's VAR, it's referees, it's everything. It's uh, He just completely shambles. bottled it, though, didn't he, Gray? Because he, he'd had a fantastic game up until that point. I think we were under immense pressure from PSG, who made some good substitutes because they had substitutes to bring on in about the 65th, 70th minute. It was all PSG. We were really doing digging in. We were doing well to defend it. And then just a moment of madness from the referee and VAR to give that as a penalty. In all fairness, I do think he made one mistake and that was a Gordon tackle on Hakimi. For me, I think that was probably more of a penalty than it wasn't. But yeah, that to give that handball. And I mean, for VAR to even consider sending him to the monitor, there's something wrong there. It's almost like, Oh, they've had three half shots, so that equates to a penalty. Like, no. I mean, come on, how close is he to the player? Like, and the referee is saying his arms in an unnatural position. Like, fuck off, is it? He's also hit his body. Like, what else is he supposed to do? He's trying to get out of the way of it, and it's hit his body. Well, that's the point. It's hit his body first, then bounced onto his arm. All I want is some referees to have some bottle. I think there's only been one decision in the Premier League that's been overturned, or is it two, when the referee goes to the monitor? Mm. And the monitor is so biased anyway because it slows it all down. It gives you yep. these really unpredictable eye angles and it's just, it's not reality. Like you said, the referee had a great game, played the game, you know how the game's flowing and then you go and watch something slowed down a hundred times and it just takes all that away from it. Never mind the harassment he was getting from all the PSG players. Well, I was just going to say the PSG players were all over him like flies on you-know-what with anything that happened i thought psg were really poor up until they made substitutions and then the game completely changed where they just could kick up into a different gear and just absolutely bombarded us but i think before we even knew the run of games we'd have the champions league and in the league and in the league cup first season back in the champions league four points against psg you would have taken that wouldn't you 
<laughs> every day. Oh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would have been dreaming if someone came up to me and said, oh, yeah, you're going to take four points off PSG this season. Every, like, exactly. Nah, you're, you're on something. We'll have to be realistic about these things. So as much as it was frustrating, I think going into the game, you would have taken it, but the nature in which it happened, that's the painful thing. And that's the thing you can't get over. Could have knocked us. Could have had a big impact on our confidence. Evidently, it didn't. And then we had possibly the most dominant 1-0 win I think I've ever seen against Man United. Gray, you were there. Obviously, Murdad had called for more from the fans, more atmosphere. Was that there to be seen on the night? Yeah, straight away. I mean, you kind of expect it at an 8 o'clock kickoff on a Saturday night, don't you? I mean, the beers had been flowing since 11, no doubt. And yeah, you expect it to be a bit more rowdy in the stands. But I mean, I think some praise has to be given to War Flags as well. They upped their game for the Man United game. And I think that just got everyone on the right track. And yeah, just from minute one, I mean, we love playing Man United. Don't we? I don't quite know where that rivalry comes from, but we're always up for it. I'm sure it comes from somewhere and it's not Roy Keane punch- punching Shearer because it was long before <laughs> that. But yeah, I mean, just well up for it from a kickoff. And yeah, it's just felt like home again they were just shite weren't they Hodge and we were completely dominant in the in the key battle areas so central mid solid at the back they just really didn't have anything to deal with us in those key areas yeah and I think it's testament to us in that game the way that we just completely hounded them all the way to the end I spoke to one or two Manu fans afterwards and we were just like yeah they had <laughs> we had no chance at coming back there and I think their future is looking a little bit bleak in terms of what, what they've kind of got on, which is a, a much deeper problem than just the, the 11, well, players that are on the pitch at any one time, I guess. But yeah, I think all Jews to us in that game, I think we just dominated. And yeah, I'm surprised it wasn't a little bit more. I wanted a little bit more just to really rub it into mm-hmm. their faces. But you know what? 1-0. A win's a win. A win is good enough for us. I was surprised it took us that long to score, to be honest. We'd been absolutely all over them. It was completely our game. I think I'm just looking at the stats now. 22 shots we had in total in that game. 59% possession against Man United. Again, before the game, you would have taken that, regardless of how poor they are. They did just beat Chelsea yesterday, which again, doesn't say much seeing as we batted them 4-1. But always good to get one over Man United and golden boy Anthony Gordon on the score sheet again can't wax lyrical enough about him this season wasn't his night against Everton but we'll come on to that great before we move on points on Man United yeah I just think it felt like one of those games where we had all the chances but actually if you look at the number of shots we had on target we hardly made banana work for it yeah four out of 22 yeah it just felt like we needed to be hitting the target more and I mean I'll say exactly the same thing about tonight's game and just make the goalkeeper make a save a goalkeeper who's known to make a lot of errors and I just felt like we were a little bit wasteful in that area but always felt like Man United had that little bit of to try and not be super black and white tinted felt nervous that Man United could break away and Ganacho had one good chance early on in the first half and we were very very lucky that Maguire was offside to deflect it in but I mean I quite enjoyed it deflecting off Harry Maguire there's some kind of irony about that which I quite enjoyed Player of the Month, Harry Maguire. (laughs) Premier League Player of the Month, yes, indeed. One major downside to the Man United result was that we lost Nick Pope to a dislocated shoulder. He's going to be out for four months. I mean, Hodge, just a massive blow given the form he has been in. People say since the beginning of the season, but since he has come in, he's well and truly 
staked his claim to that number one jersey, hasn't he? Metaphorically, obviously, Dubravka's still number one, but he's very much first choice and has been a fantastic servant for us so far. Huge miss. Absolutely mega miss. And I mean, there has already been kind of a bit of a debate as, as what do we do next to the goalkeepers? And we've obviously been linked with Moneybags, David De Gea, and the absolute shithouse who would go really well with Murphy, Aaron Rams, Ramsdale. Yeah. Just remembered his name in the last minute. I mean, I don't know about you, but how safe do you feel with Carrius as being back up at the minute? What is going to happen? I mean, is is David here the right answer? I know we kind of touched on it in our chat group, but mm. I mean, we should probably put this out there for everyone to hear at this point. Yeah, I think it's a good one. Just before we talk about David De Gea, I think Nick Pope, I feel bad now that we've been kind of slagging his footwork out for the last few games because I just miss him and I want him back. <laughs> I mean, absolutely top. I think we was, in all fairness to us, I think we said last podcast, he is probably one of the best shot stoppers in the world and has been for the last year. Well, for the last few years. Kept Burnley in the Premier League for a long time, didn't he? Indeed he did. Uh, fantastic shot stopper. Question marks around his footwork. But as Alan Shearer was saying, I think on the... Was it Alan Shearer? Someone came out, one of the pundits came out this week and said, I don't know what the obsession is with these goalkeepers where the emphasis is more on their feet than them actually stopping shots like good old-fashioned goalkeepers that are good at claiming balls in the box stopping shots now we seem to be obsessed with putting deep lying playmakers in between the sticks and playing out from the back so i think he's on to a point there in that we have nick pope who is a fantastic shot stopper on the backup goalkeeper debate obviously we've got manchester united legend martin dubravka back between the sticks now <laughs> Does not take anything away from Dubs. I think he's got something like 140 Premier League appearances for us. He was nailed on number one goalkeeper before Nick Pope came in. And a League Cup winner's medal. Indeed. He's highly decorated. He's a very good goalkeeper, full international. I have full confence in him. But as you said, Hodge, it's like it's the depth. So behind him, you've right got now. Carius, who. Yeah, we absolutely do. <sighs> do we? We've got. Carrius behind him, I think Hodge just means in general we need depth. Yeah, in general, yeah. Right. <laughs> behind Dubs, we've got Carrius, and then behind that we've got Mark Gillespie, who is realistically never going to game for Newcastle United. My personal view is that if you can get David De Gea on a free, on a short, fixed-term contract, fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like He's consistently was Man United Player of the Year. It's a shock to me that he's still without a club. The only question mark would be not fucking up our, our wage structure. What are your thoughts, Gray? In my eyes, I think we've got a very, very good number two, probably a number two who could walk into most first teams in the Premier League, if we're being honest. And given how Carrius performed in that 90 minutes of football we saw last season, again, I think he is a more than capable backup. And I mean, if there was something catastrophic to go wrong and everything so far has gone wrong this season and we were to lose Dubravka, then, yeah, I mean, we've got that safety net of De Gea being a free agent. And we could take the risk almost not to register Nick Pope because we know he's going to be out and almost play with that squad position empty, knowing that we've got the likes of Miley, Murphy, Diallo and all these youngins on the bench who deserve some game time at the minute. And, yeah, do we take that punt and not necessarily have to go and fork out a shit ton of money for David De Gea but make sure that we know he's there just in case. And it's almost like break glass in an emergency situation. He's a shit ton of money. Come and help us. 
that would be almost my approach to it. But I wouldn't want to upset the squad. I think there must be a reason why he hasn't been picked up by another club and why United didn't renew his contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly not a priority area for me. And to your question on Aaron Ramsdale, Hodge, I think he's one for the future. But if Pope is, you know, fit, he's not out for a really long time. He's out for four months, which might well see him through to the end of the season. But realistically, if Pope and Dubravka are fit, then they're absolutely fine to pin down that squad. And I don't think it's the right area to invest in providing they're probably going to want 30 million plus for, for Ramsdale, I guess. I don't think Arteta will let him go either. I think Arteta will come to his senses in the next few games and realise he's a far better goalkeeper than he is a very good goalkeeper. Um, so I, as I say, I'd have him in the future, but but not right now. Just before we get on to the inevitable, the the, the Everton result, I think we'll go to a quick break now. He's remembered this time. Well, um, so thank you very much. Thank you. Right, we'll go to a quick break now and then we'll come back with the awful Everton result. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participation restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, hopefully you've all come back. <laughs> you know, I don't blame you if you want to fuck off at this point. But just before we get on to Everton, actually, we should probably do the socials quickly, as we've not done those for a while. So you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, Acast, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you give us a follow, and if you're feeling super generous, a five-star rate or review. You can find our podcast on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. Chicka 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 Other big news just before we talk about Everton, the Scouse Mackhams, the Bastards. We've drawn Sunderland in the next round of the FA Cup at the Stadium of Shite. How are we feeling about that? I think I went to Hodge last time, so I'll go grey first. Super excited, and I might go buy a Sunday season ticket just to guarantee that I get a seat. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare! <laughs> I can't. I can't believe that they're using Newcastle United to try and plug season tickets. I mean, it shows how far that club have fallen, doesn't it? Just, but I mean, in terms of the games, fallen from where? Haven't you got to be up up at a height? Well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago they were above us in the league structure, which we probably shouldn't forget. And they're also nine unbeaten against us, which. I'm so excited because I really, really want to put a few past them and actually just show that we are the Kings of North East. Do you also know that we haven't played them in the FA Cup since 1956? Fucking hell. You've been waiting to bring that up all night, haven't you? How mad is that? That's I'd, crazy, actually. I, I only know that a fact. Shout out to the manager of Safe Store Newcastle, uh, who told me today. 
apparently that is the case. And I was like, fucking hell, that, it's where I get all my work shit sent, man. <laughs> it's not, I don't just go and spend my time down there on a normal fucking afternoon. That's where Hodgie's just murdering people. In <laughs> yeah, just getting rid of bodies in a fucking safe store with a fucking bath of acid or something. Don't come oh, after me, off. FBI. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that was a crazy, innit? That is mental. Due to like random, obviously, us not probably doing too well in the past and obviously them not doing too well in the past in the FA Cup, but crazy stat that. I just can't wait for Joe Linton to plant one on fucking insert Sunderland player's name here. <laughs> I, I think I'd actually struggle to name any fucking Mackhams at the minute. Joe Bellingham. Joe Bellingham, yeah. Brother of uh, famous uh, Jude Bellingham. Oh, you mean Jude Bellingham's brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Who the, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Did you see that fucking thing on social media this week that apparently... The Bellingham's mom lives with Jude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Madrid. <laughs> and the dad lives with Jove in Sunderland. Quick, give a rock, so... paper, scissors to where we're going to live, is it? <laughs> so everyone's been kicking off going, fucking hell, he's got the short end of the stick, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's really exciting and it'll probably inject a bit of verve back into, into Northeastern football. It'll be probably talk of the weekend. I think it's the 6th of January, isn't it? It's, it's scheduled. 45, isn't it? 12.45. Yeah, that'll be an exciting, exciting weekend. I just hope we can get the better of them and put a few past them. But who knows on a day like that, um, people seem to play like super fucking humans. So yeah, big old game on the horizon. The Tyneweir Derby is back. Hopefully our cursed run in the fucking FA Cup can be broken and we get one over the, the smelly Mackhams. <laughs> another one, another one just while we've been away. See how I'm just trying to delay the inevitable of talking about the fucking Everton result. Okay. See this other one about the survey that's gone round for fans uh, regarding kind of extension of the ground versus would you prefer a new ground? I don't know if either of you two have seen this. I haven't, no. Did you get sent to? Don't know, actually. Oh, I didn't fucking get it. I just saw it on social media, but well, apparently they've sent... got jobs also at the job centre. Do you want to take part <laughs> in a survey? Or what we're going to get? Uh, a Greg sausage roll or something? I don't know. Oh, go yeah. on then. As a season ticket holder, I'm quite disappointed. Like, I'd like to put my two cents. You should write a very strongly worded letter. Or a tweet. Yeah, do that. Dear Murdad, <laughs> I'm outraged. You wanted my support. Now you can fucking... <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently they put this survey out about like whether you'd want to extend the ground or whether you'd want like a brand new purpose-built ground. But the whole thing is that they seem to be ramping up the efforts to transform... St. James's Park or whatever our, our new home would be, just as a quick show of hands, would you be up for moving to a brand spanking new stadium? Apparently the, the agency they're speaking to is like the same people that have made all the new fantastic stadiums recently. Or Name one. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> what? I was trying to really stall it so I'd remember their names. I think it's CCA Stadium. Did they do the new Bernabeu? They've a new Spurs one, didn't they? They're doing the new San Siro or the new Milan stadium. I know they're doing that. Do you know that Spurs are getting a go-karting track underneath their stadium sponsored by F1? Aw, that's How really cool. amazing does that sound, by the way? It's fucking class. Isn't it? Canal, yeah. Okay, I'm up for a new stadium now. Yeah. <laughs> How much space have they got under that pitch? Because don't they already keep the <laughs> uh, American football pitch, football pitch yeah. below the... It's like going to be two levels underneath that. Almost may as well be fucking race on the fucking tube system by that point. That's class. It's That's mental, really isn't cool. it? Yeah, okay, so quick show of hands. Up for having a new stadium, brand spankers, or keeping St. James's and building out on it. Hodge? 
Oh, there's so many things to unpick here. Uh, but defeats the perfect gun. Quick... Gun to head right now. I'd rather keep St James's. Yeah, I, I, nah, not not at least for another ten years, or unless we win the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, Gray. Yeah, I'd like to see us keep St James's. To be honest, and like to see us try to incorporate like all the surrounding features into and make it. Just I think you can make something pretty incredible. I'm agreed. So that's a that's a hat trick of State St James's. All it needs is like they've done a lot of work already in the in the interior of it, but it needs bringing up to spec in a lot of different areas, doesn't it? And they're doing good work on these new bars and these new mm. commercial aspects, and you know bringing a new uh, revenue through all these what do you call them hospitality suites and whatnot that look. And far. you've got stack coming up as well outside the that's stadium. That's true. Yeah, the fan zone as well. That'll be a new thing to take it to the next level. Yeah. I think you're right. There's there's lots that can be still be done within St. James's without the need for a brand spanking new probably billion pound stadium or however much they fucking cost these days. I think Everton's one's costing like 550 or 600 million or something. Absolutely mental amounts of money. Quick little one on the uh, the new, you know, the wings uh, part oh, of the yeah. stadium that I have. So one of my pals actually is one of the bartenders that works there. Asked him for some cheap tickets to send no influence, obviously. But he said it's he said it's been so funny to see like who turns up because he's a Newcastle fan as well, and he says obviously it's it's very much businesses taking clients there, spunking a load of money on them, and then he says it's mm. quite funny because he says the first half is everyone always like kind of goes out and sees the football, and he says the second half he says no one really gives a fuck because all there is to just polish as many free um, well not free you paid for it really. But as many cocktails and glasses of champagne as you can, he said people really don't go out. I think for the PSG game, there was some PSG fans that came in after 45 minutes, went straight out, watched about 10 minutes of the game, and then came straight back out afterwards and was like, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna just gonna drink now." <laughs> I was like, and he was like, "You guys have paid like 650 quid for these tickets," and they were like, "Yeah, but we haven't. The business has." I was like, "Oof, big old money spending scheme that in it, like." But that's its target market. It's not for average Jews, is it? You know what I mean? It is for that. But also it depends which way the match is going. If we're losing 3 0, I'm I'm going back inside and getting fucking hammered. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is probably why the PSG fans were back in at fucking half time, wasn't <laughs> it? Because <laughs> they're getting spanked. Yeah, I think it's interesting what they're doing. And we're, we're I think we've seen in the last week like three different commercial deals announced, like with Post-it, who are apparently our new official postage partner. We've seen Phoenix as the new, I don't know, department store partner. Like, I don't know how many partners we need. Is it a premium department store? Is yeah, something like really that, yeah. Niche, wasn't it? They're really scraping the barrel for Can we be partners. their podcast of choice? <laughs> how many millions do we need to spend? <laughs> I think all we need to do is probably be more consistent, Hodge. I mean, at least the least we could do is <laughs> record after every game, which yeah, even yeah. that we struggle to do. But of course, uh, yeah, we're back now, so stop fucking complaining. But yeah, interesting. Lots, lots going on at the minute. What's not going on is getting players back on the pitch. So I think with injuries and suspensions, we're missing something like 12 players at the minute. And that was very, very clear to see in tonight's game against Everton. Obviously mentioned before, we lost 3-0 away, playing the same, I think, starting outfield team for the fourth consecutive game. Won't go into details, but Kieran Trippier, who is very dear to all of us, has been, you know, we don't even need to go into how much of a legend he is. Unfortunately, has not had the best game tonight. Two very clear mistakes have led to goals. 
do we put it down to fatigue? You don't want to be looking for excuses, but you can't expect that much from a player and them not to make mistakes, right, Hodge? I mean, he's been great, and it's just unfortunate that it's come all at once, which, if it doesn't happen for the rest of the season, then absolutely fantastic. I don't think we can really shout too much at trips. I mean, yes, we'll probably look at fatigue getting in there. That's probably a bit of a slightly weak answer in terms of what trips can really do. But yeah, just wrong timing. And I think everything on the night just never really worked out for us. So for us Mm. to get absolutely drubbed 3-0, well, do we get drubbed? I think we got unlucky, I think we'd say, a couple of times. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be blaming trips. We've been on quite a good run if you look at the wider or bigger picture. It's not too much of a problem. As long as we can bounce back and get something against Spurs and be primed for the final Champions League group stage, I'll, I'll be quite happy. I'm not even annoyed at Tripp's side because you know fine well he'll be the first person to come out and say, yeah, hold my hands up. It was my fault. We expect better from him. He'd be the first person to say this and I'd never, ever like have no ill feeling to him at all, which is very weird because go back five or six years under a Steve Bruce team would be pulling our hair out if an Emil Kraft had done that at right back but he has a lot of credit built up with the Newcastle United fan base been a fantastic signing and again don't need to kind of talk about why he's amazing but bad day at the office I think 3-0 flattered them though Gray Uh, they were the better side on the night but we had our chances but I think 3-0 in the end really did flatter them yeah and like I say it's just too costly mistakes in the end which kind of opened the deadlock it's another case of we've just missed some absolute rock solid chances which we need to be burying at this level when we played Dortmund like we had Joe Linton miss a bit of a sitter and we've, we've done it previously when we've lost matches and drew matches and we just need to be so much more clinical in these games especially when we're up against it like we were today and I mean Everton were well up for the fight. I mean, they were well drilled. They pressed incredibly well. And when we managed to get through that, like we did on four or five opportunities, we really should have buried it. And I mean, Isaac probably had one, maybe he had one in the first half where he should have hit it with his right Gordon foot. Gordon had two. Gordon had two. And like there, we probably should have been three or four goals up. But then you could also argue we got very lucky at the other end. Yeah, Dubravka made a couple of good saves. One just hit him. He didn't really know much about it. And again, yeah, we were just defending for our lives at times. Yeah, I think we were probably unlucky to actually lose 3 0 in the end. But I mean, we just need to be so much more clinical. And yeah, yeah it was a matter of time, I think, before fatigue bit us. And I think it did tonight. And I think it was evident conceding three goals in the last 10 minutes of play as well. Yeah, I mean, we're missing an entire team, ultimately. You think about some of the players we're missing that you forget about, like the Tenales, the Barnes. Barnes has been out for ages. Botman's been out way longer. Harvey Barnes, woo come back. Callum Wilson was obviously... <laughs> Callum Wilson was obviously a star in this game last season. You know, when we, when we smacked them 4-1, Wilson got two goals. We're missing his goals at the minute. It's a lot for Isaac to shoulder when he's not necessarily that type of lone striker type player. So yeah, we, we could spend again a whole hour talking about poor us. We're missing so many players. I just really want us to get through to January and I really want us to to drive behind some investment that's going to see us through to the end of the season. Like 
We've still got a lot of games, a busy schedule, three cup competitions, as well as the league. We've got to be fighting for Champions League finishing spots. Uh, we've got to get behind, and the club has to invest ultimately. Just an absolute joke, the number of players that we're missing, though. And I think I saw something on socials. I think Dan Byrne might have been on Five Live last week. He was saying something along the lines of getting to the first international break He'd felt like he'd played an entire season. You know, the, the, the fixture to come that thick and fast. It's not just us, Newcastle, that are seeing these number of injuries. You're seeing it all over the place. And they really, 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 as much as we... I don't want to sound like Jurgen Klopp, they probably need to look at their scheduling. It's only going to get worse next year with the fucking amount of fixtures you're going to have to play in Europa League and Champions League Indeed. as well. You see a Champions Indeed. League throwing more teams in there, that weird-ass structure they want to bring in. Yeah, very strange, but it's just endangering players' careers, really. You've got players dropping like flies all over the league. I'm not sure, obviously, the extent of it in other leagues across Europe, but it seems to be a a really, really, really severe issue at the minute. And, you know, our players are looking really tired. You're asking a lot from, like, the Jamal Asil. Fabian Scher has pretty much played every single game this season. He just looks dead out there on his arse, trips the same. Bruno and Jolinton have obviously had bits of breaks themselves. Uh, but yeah, really, really struggling. And then Anthony Gordon, I think today the occasion maybe got the, the better of him slightly. He wasn't given a moment's peace by the Everton fans. We've got two hands up. Hodge, you, I think you put your hand up first. Do you want to come in? Uh, kind of open forum here. How would you approach January? Would you look for maybe just one or two decent loan signings or would you try and get some people... <laughs> would you try and go big like that? Or would you? Money, 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 money. <laughs> or would you try and buy maybe I don't know four average players who you knew going to perform who need to fill spots? What what would be? I suppose I'm going to go to Gray first. I've got, I've got the power. Fuck it. Fuck you, Will. I'm going to go Gray first. <laughs> You're taking that chalice, haven't you? But, uh... mm, you absolutely do not have the power. I have the power to mute. <laughs> <laughs> I could just mute you all. <laughs> go on then, Gray. For me, I wouldn't change our structure and policy around signing players. I think there's key areas we need to probably add depth. Such as? And centre-back is certainly one, I think. If I mean, we... more of my question is, is it two big signings or is it four, five smaller signings that just fill holes at the minute? I I, I just think it's keep keep chugging along the path we're on. I, I think we need probably, I'd say, two players of... The similar quality to the players you brought in. We probably need one who's a ready-made starter and another one who's along the Livermento Hall kind of lines who will be on the peripherals, but if they get their chance, they, they should be ready to step up and take it. And I mean, if we can find another Livermento, then we've got some serious scouts out there. Yeah, that's kind of the approach I take. I'd be looking for probably two or three, knowing that in the new year, we should hopefully have an influx of players, but also very aware of the hectic schedule we've got coming up. And this is just the start of it in December. So if we can get through this unscathed without any more serious injuries, then yeah. But I think if we pick up another long-term injury in the next, well, before January, then we may need to change approach a little bit. But for me, for now, I'd say we probably just need to keep reinforcing as we are and have done over past windows. Mm. I would be of the opposite opinion. I would take four or five players, but I wouldn't break the bank on them. I'd probably take four or five experienced players 
that are maybe you know 30 plus people like the ilk of kieran trippier and one player like i've got in mind because i was watching their game the other day is like you know that wataru endo for liverpool the japanese lad mm. it's like 30 year old player coming as like a holding midfielder they paid 16 million quid for him but he's turned out to be like a really really important squad player for them like that's not necessarily his position but that style of player so like these 30 year old 31 year old get them in for three years not panic ones for just for the sake of this season but experience can come in do a job you want an islam salmani <laughs> is what I you want. do not i absolutely do not want an islam salmani thank you uh we're above that now we're way beyond that but you, i don't know if you, you kind of get like the gist i'm getting at it's it's that experience yeah, yeah. versus the not a massive price tag we've got our project players like the Botmans, the Halls, the Livermentos, as Gray says. We've got Lewis Miley, who's turning out to be a, a bit of a Rolls-Royce midfielder. We've got these talents that we need to develop. It's now time we bring in experience to boost these these key areas, I guess. Hodge, what were your thoughts? I'd much prefer a Professor Snape mumbling spells in the background to keep people safe, like in Harry Potter, but I don't think <laughs> it's going to fucking happen. I don't. It's, it's a real massive conundrum. Really, I'm kind of siding on the side of yourself where we maybe get one or two older heads slightly cheaper or on loan just to steady the ship and then also assign someone who's for the future. I think that would be a great, a great January. So what he's done there is just do both of our answers and put them, uh, smash yeah. them together. Great, yeah. <laughs> great politician. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the way I think it kind of moves for us. I mean, obviously we want to keep winning games and we've got, the opportunity right now, I mean, coming up to the next Tuesday's fixture against Milan, that's going to be a, a big teller to see who we can really bring into the club. Like, if you can mm. get a transfer to us and play Champions League football in the same year, that's going to be a massive pull. That puts us in a slightly different category to we've just gone out of the Champions League, whether or not we have Europa League football next year, that's still up in the air. It could go down to just being like, okay, where do we finish next year or at the end of this season? Which is going to be, I mean, up to up to people to to sell the club to players who are on much a much bigger pay packet than me. But yeah, it's it's a very complex situation that we're in, and January is going to be a very interesting watch on Sky Sports Transfer Centre. You reckon the PIF will open the secret chest and just open the borders for the Saudi clubs? since we're allowed to do that now. I was just going to say, I think a couple of really good and experienced loans could could do us right. I mean, he's obviously been the talk of a lot of conversation and they've said that Neves wants to stay in Saudi now, but he's the kind of player you'd probably want to bring in with that experience. Low risk. He's still only 25, though. We're offering him his dream loan move, quote unquote, that he said. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, his age doesn't matter. He's, he's Premier League experienced in a position that we probably need a bit of muscle maybe getting too hung up on the fact i was kept saying 30 or 31 year old it's the experience i'm looking for not a young project player but yeah i think there's a there's talent there but you don't want to be causing more controversy ultimately i trust in the process whatever the the hierarchy do they've done well so far trust the process i think asm was hoping for a comeback if he didn't get injured you would have taken him as well wouldn't you his car still parked on his drive have you noticed it's gone now because they've just torn out his kitchen. I walked oh, past his house today. <laughs> yeah, I think I think with his last fleeting message of his goodbye to Newcastle with the sideward eyes, I think he was thinking, okay, 
in all kind of winter break or summer break or whatever they've got over there i bet he's thinking of like yeah i could potentially come back in and have my last say on Newcastle United and leave hopefully on a even better terms than he did Right. Okay. Well, we'll have to see, I guess, in a few weeks' time. Conscious of time, so we'll try and wrap it up. If we could just quickly do our score predictions. So we've got Tottenham in the league on Sunday, the 10th of December. So this Sunday, away, I was going to say White Hart Lane, but it's called a Tottenham Stadium these days, isn't it? The new fancy one that we've just spent all that time talking about. Uh, Difficult one. Let's not talk about that too much, though. Let's go straight with our score predictions. No context score predictions. And we'll go grey first. No context is just going to make me no context. <laughs> well, you've already delayed it anyway by just saying no context, please. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go 2 0 Spurs. Fair enough. It's fair enough. Hodgie, no context score predictions. Snap your hand off for a 1 1. Ooh. I'm going to go 0 0 and hope and pray oh, to shit. God. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess probably the next time, I don't know if we're going to record after Spurs or after Milan. Seems probably sensible to record after Milan. Yeah. Um, final game of the Champions League group stage at home against Milan. We drew 0-0 away at the San Siro. I was there. I don't know if I've mentioned. But what are our thoughts ahead of Milan? So no context. Score predictions. Hodgie, you go first. Show Grey how it's done. 1-0 Newcastle. And I'll be oh, there like cheering it. on the boys on. Get in the lad. Uh, Grey, go on. Three one Newcastle. Okay, <laughs> <What>? now. <laughs> oh, I bet you're hoping for a few players back before then. If that's going to be true, uh, I'm going to go. I mean, it's the same difference, different scoreline. Two nil Newcastle. Right. Thanks very much, chaps. Back in the flow of things. Hopefully, we will cross our fingers and toes for good results against Spurs and Milan, and then we'll speak to you in the next one. Okay. Bye. All right, then. See you later. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.